again. <laughs> How's everybody doing this morning? Welcome to church. I hope you came expecting a word from God. How many came expecting today? I can feel it. There was an atmosphere of expectancy in the church today. And I tell you, we've been praying for you. I pray for you all every day. I pray for faith builders. I know God is doing amazing things. Amen. We have a special day today at the end of the service. We're going to be receiving our legacy offering. And I'm excited about today. I, I just know God's going to do something so special uh, through you and in this church. And my message isn't on any of that today. I'm going another direction. But um, I just want to encourage you, just know it. there's no small part, amen. It's God's, it's God's part. And there's no pressure in this. And if you're not prepared to say, hey, I'm given to loving to light, that's okay too. You just listen to the Lord. We're all going to do our bulbs at the end of the service again. So if you have some new names, you can do that also. Um, we'll be receiving those and praying over them. Those of you that are new, we have uh, blank bulbs. And we're writing the name of people. We're believing 1,000 people are coming to Jesus in 2023. It's, that's actually going to happen very quickly. I know that. So who you're believing God to come to Jesus, maybe get set free, maybe whatever it is. It can be anything that you want them to be prayed over. You're going to put their names on the bulbs. We're going to pop them in there. We're going to pray over them every day, amen, to see some awesome things happen. All right. So I'm going to be doing two weeks because Christmas is coming up, everybody. We are 16 days away from Christmas. Who can tell me? 16 days. 15? Oh, my gosh. I lost a day. So, but our Christmas service is Christmas Eve Eve. Say Eve Eve. Eve Eve so that you can spend Christmas Eve with your family. We do it the day before. So make sure that you're inviting friends and family. We have wonderful traditions that are my favorite. I look forward to our Christmas traditions. We have our train ride. We have our petting zoo. This year, Pastor Paul and Jenny are reading the Christmas story to the kids during the service. So that's going to be really special. And we always have yummy treats. So it's a wonderful night to bring people to church who wouldn't normally come to church. You can really make them feel guilty. You can manipulate them really good. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all are so serious today. All right. So I'm going to be doing a two-week series on the wonders of God. Oh. Y'all quiet, shout out at me or something. Act like you're a spirit-filled church. The wonders of God. I want to talk about the wonders of God because I believe we are stepping into a season where God wants to show the wonders of his spirit, the miraculous of his spirit, amen. I really feel like God wants us as Christians and as believers to begin to see things in a supernatural way and not in a natural way. And there are many miracles coming to your house that the Lord wants to visit your life. So I want to teach this and I want to unlock it in your heart and get you excited and expectant for God to do crazy things. Amen. So let's look at what the word wonders means. The word wonder definition is the word pala. And when God shows his wonders, it means he's going to amaze you. How many would love God to amaze you? You're going to be in awe. You're going to marvel, astonishing surprises. We look and look, but we cannot believe our eyes. Supernatural deeds. I believe God wants to blow your mind in your personal life. And he's going to do it through spiritual things, not through natural things. He wants to open up your eyes to begin to see the supernatural wonders that you go in your life. Only God could have done that. Only God could have promoted me in my job. Only God could have aligned my life. Only God could have given me that favor. How many know only God can maybe get you out of debt? Somebody say, praise the Lord. These are the wonders I'm talking about. God wants to blow your mind in this hour. And I'm believing God that he's going to blow my mind personally. 
Because not only for spiritual things, but natural things. I want to see heaven open up over my life, over this church, and over your life and your families. Amen? So, and one of the names of Jesus that we learn about in Isaiah 9, we know the scripture verse, we're coming into the Christmas season, for unto us is born, uh, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Part of God's name is Wonderful. Amen. It's part of that same word, pala, that word wonderful, uh, God's name there means, means pele, but it's the wonders of God. So when we talk about God being a God of, of wonders, it means everything about God begins and ends with wonder. Why? Because it's a part of who he is. The church has gotten very quiet and believing God to do some supernatural things because we're really not getting our expectancy that go that God can stop the sun from shining if he wants to. Elijah did it. We learned that in the Bible. And we're going to study one of the wonders today. But you need to see God doing things that only he could do in your life. Amen. I mean, I'm just talking about supernatural visitations in your life. Whether it be healings and miracles or leading someone to Jesus or financial breakthrough, we need to get excited about God doing what you can't do. Amen? We need to get our expectancy. Why? Because he is a God that carries miracles out. He's a miracle-working God, and he alone is the one who can do the wonders in our life. Amen? Nobody else can perform the wonder that you need. Whatever you're believing God for, no one else can do that, but we serve a God of wonders. If you go back in scripture, you see through the Old Testament to the New, God did miraculous things. He opened up blind eyes. People were delivered of demonic influences in the presence of Jesus. Amen. The lame walked. He split the Red Sea, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. There's so, he stopped the sun from shining. There's so many supernatural and angelic visitations that happened in the word of God that we may think, well, there was a time for that, but maybe not now. But God is still the great I am. He's the same God that still sits on the throne. He was the God that did miracles in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And he's the God that will still do wonders today. He will blow your mind. But I'm going to show you five steps today. How do we get to that place of God blowing our mind? Amen? So if you look at scripture, Jesus carried out his wonders through Moses, Joshua. We see it through Daniel and many of the other disciples. And if he did it back then for them, he wants to do it for you today. If we were to write a Bible about 500 years from now, would our name be there saying, I had great faith and God did a great wonder in my life? How many of you, raise your hand, have ever seen a wonder of God? I have. We need to get back to those days, amen, of that supernatural blessings of God. Why does God show us his wonders? I believe it's because he delights in putting his glory on display. He delights in that. If you look at Psalms 91, verse 1, it says this. The psalmist David wrote, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Do you know that everything you see in the world, and we, we've taken it for granted, the moon, the stars, the sun, are all the wonders of God. God spoke them into existence, and they were. That's a wonder. I still get amazed at the rainbow today. I almost went across six lanes to get a video of a beautiful rainbow the other day. I'm like, thank God I don't have faith builders or I love Jesus on my truck because 
I would probably get in trouble. But I, I was so in awe. I almost caught the whole rainbow from one side to the end. And that's the promise of God. That's a, it's a wonder of God that he'll never destroy the earth with rain again. That's a wonder of God. We should never be comfortable, uncomfortable or familiar with looking at the things that we always see and not see God in them. That's why you look at New Age movement, why they're so, they're so enamored by it. They're drawn to it because there is something about the nature of God, amen? And that's why scripture says we don't worship the creation, we worship the creator. We have to be careful, why? Because he's the created one who created these things. Now, let's look at Romans 1.20. Has anybody ever met an atheist before? And if you know your Bible, you kind of want to just laugh at them. You're like, I know you think you're an atheist, but you actually chose to be that way, whether you're offended or whatever it is. But in Romans 1.20, it says this, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, look at that, everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, um, his eternal power and divine nature so that they have no excuse for not knowing God. Why? Because God put in us when he made us, when we look at what the wonders are in the world, to know he is real. And if we believe anything else, we believe to lie, because inside of us, we look and see that's the wonder and the amazement of God. Amen? Before Joshua led the children of Israel across the Jordan River, he spoke this over them, Joshua 3, verse 5. Just kind of setting my teaching here this morning. Joshua 3, 5 says this, purify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Was he saying, I'm going to show my wonder in your life. And why did God do that? Why? Because God wants to show off. He wants to show off his glory. He wants to show off his power. He wants his kids to shine in this hour. He doesn't want you to be up below. He wants you to be above. He doesn't want you to feel unworthy. He wants you to feel that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. He wants you to be favored. He wants you to be promoted. He wants you in the front of the line. He wants you successful because God's glory is shown through his kids, through his wonders. Amen? So look at Joshua 4.24. When they went through, what happened? Why did God do that? He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. See, when God does a wonder in your life and a miracle, and I'll share a couple of examples of my life, but when he does that, the world, your friends know God is amazing. They may not like a perception of God, and they may be offended by the church or whatever it is, but when God shows off in your life, everybody looks and goes, whoa, only God could have done that in their life because I know where they came from. Only God could have given them the ability to buy a house because I know the struggles they went through. Only God could have restored their marriage because I know the hell they went through believing God to give their marriage back to them. Those are moments, if you look back in the Old Testament, when, they would, when the Israelites would ever show up, they'd say, I know the God that you serve. We've heard of your God. And what they trembled in fear. They, they gave all their belief systems and unbelief went away when the Israelites showed up because they knew the God that they served. That needs to be the church of Jesus Christ. We should be the awe and the wonder in, in the world, in the marketplace. When you walk in the grocery store, I have this thing about me, I don't know. I probably need some humility, but 
I walk into a room and I just feel like everybody wants to say hi to me. Everybody wants to love me. They want to, I feel like everybody wants to be my friend. And literally, that's how I feel. Why? Because I want to walk in with God when I go places. I want people to see God. I expect people to bless me. I expect people to put me in the front of the line. I expect favor. Not because I'm somebody special, but I know the God that I serve. And he wants to shine in my life, and I deserve that favor. I deserve that promotion. I deserve that breakthrough. Come on, somebody. You've got to say, I deserve what the word of God says, and the blessings of God should be flowing through my life because I serve the creator of the universe. I'm blessed coming in, and I'm blessed going out. Hallelujah. God's going to give me vineyards I didn't plant. I'm going to reap the harvest because I serve a God of wonders. Man, let's get excited about that. I'm telling you, God has some miracles on silver platters for you guys. The Bible says his banquet is full. It's full of everything you need, but we have forgotten the God that we serve. We have forgotten the benefits of the kingdom of God, and we've lowered ourselves beneath what God wants for us as believers. Amen? God wants to show off. Have you heard? God has great wonders to perform in your life in my life, in this church, and in this city. Amen. There's so many wonderful wonders, and we'll get into more next week. I just want to share this one in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that I think we take for granted. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. That is a wonder of God. My sin, my behavior, generational curses are broken off of my life. I am not that anymore because of the awe and the wonder of God. I know some of the testimonies in this church, and if you knew their story, it would blow your mind. And you'd think, oh, they've just been blessed or they've been serving God a long time. Nope. They came off the streets, they came in brokenness, they came in shame, and they learned the wonder of God, and God began to shine in their life, doing things that they never thought they would do before, amen? And God wants that for you too. How many want that? Amen. I want to share this really quick. Um, in Hebrews 13, 2, it says this. This is a wonder of God. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I learned this scripture verse when I was really young, and I would be like at the park and eating my lunch by myself or whatever and eating my sandwich, and somebody will come and sit on the park bench, and I'd be eating, and I'd be like, wonder if they're an angel. Like I wanted to make sure I said everything right. I bet that's an angel sent from God. I'm entertaining. You know, I had this desire to really want to entertain angels, and I've had some angelic angelic encounters. And the one that I want to share with you was I was driving, some of you may have heard it, but I was driving down Bell Road here and I was on my cell phone talking to my mom. And I happened to, um, that was when you could hold your phone back in the middle. Don't be throwing the law at me, y'all. Hold off, hold off. I mean, I do need some discipline on the road, Quinn can say. Amen. I do need some Jesus moments in my car, but I don't feel like I'm allotted a lot, so if I want to get mad in the car, I feel like I'm allowed to do that. But uh, anyway, so I'm on the phone with my mom, and I happen to look at my rearview mirror, and I see this little white truck crossing all the lanes, coming very fast for me. I mean, he was about to hit me. And I was so terrified, I threw my phone down, I just started, I grabbed my steering wheel, and all I could scream was, Jesus, 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 like that quick. And he never impacted me. And I, you know, I pulled over, and I pulled, so it happened that quick, 
and I backed up to see what happened to him, and he had went through, it's like his truck, just an angel, swiped him right away from me, and he went into this uh, brick wall and went into the, um, like, yard there. And as soon as I backed up, though, I mean, it happened that fast, the front of his truck was smashed in, and there was no way he could have gotten out of the door of his car. But by the time I backed up in that split second, he was out of his truck, and there was a man standing there in, in all khaki. And, I mean, it was like that. And so being the mother heart that I have, I'm telling the guy in the khaki, I'm like, uh, hey, listen, you need to have him sit down. You know, he just got in a horrible car accident. But the whole time I'm thinking, how did he get out of that car? There's no way he should have been able to get out of that window. And this guy just didn't say where, just stood there and looked at me. And, of course, being Barb Pruitt, I'm talking to this man again. I'm like, listen, he needs to sit down. Like, he's not okay. You know, we need to call the police or whatever. And uh, that quick, I turned to look over. I heard a noise, a car coming this way. And when I looked back, the man in khaki was gone. He was gone. I mean, it happened like, I'm talking seconds. And I went to the young boy. I said, I'm going to tell you something, young man. You have a praying mama or a praying grandma. I don't know, but somebody, an angel, got you out of that truck, and you not only should you not be standing here alive, but you are out of that car, and he literally had no damage done to him at all. That's a wonder of God. And you can go, oh, no, God sent an angel. I'm telling you, somebody was praying for that. Maybe it was my Jesus. I don't know. But something happened, a one that blew my mind. I'm looking and looking. How could this be real? We want our mind to figure it out. But when God shows up, we can't figure it out. You don't know what's about to knock on your door. You don't know what money is held up that God says, hey, in one moment, I'm going to release that to you. We've got to get excited and say, I deserve the wonders of God. In whatever way you want to deliver it to my door, here's my address, God. Here it is. I'm going to make sure it's spelt out right, amen. I'm expecting this year. And I want to challenge you to expect not the natural, but the supernatural awe and wonder of God, amen. So praise God. All right, so let's go into this really quick. I'm going to give you five points this morning about how to get in this place that God wants from you. So I believe we're in a place. Let's just open up with uh, Exodus 13. I'm going to give you a preview of what's happening. So the children of Israel had left Egypt. Many of us know the story. They were coming out of slavery. God called Moses to lead them into the promised land. And we know they wandered for quite a while. And as they were wandering in the wilderness, God's sustaining wonder was keeping them focused. So if you look, um, I, I don't have the scriptures there, but we know according to the Bible that in Exodus 13, it says that a pillar of cloud led them by day and a pillar of fire led them by night. Now, even us knowing this story, like, yeah, yeah, we know the story, but stop and think about that. A pillar of cloud was literally saying, this is God, walk this way. Like, that's a wonder of God. That's supernatural. And even in the dark, he sent a fire and said, follow this pillar. I wish it was that easy to follow God sometimes. Like, I wish he led me by this fire and this cloud. But what I look in this scripture is, because they were so familiar with the wonders of God, they begin to get discouraged with where they were at. And I want to warn you of the place of familiarity in our relationship with God. We can come become so familiar with this is how I serve God. So familiar that I go to church on Sunday. So familiar, yeah, God showed up. And, but we get familiar, but we don't realize, wait, God has a wonder and a miracle in my life. 
It's a miracle some of you are even standing here, still serving God, still wanting to build the kingdom of God. Don't get so familiar with God has already done in your life that you miss the moment of what he's about to do. Amen? So, let's, so this is what happened. So all of a sudden, the Bible says the Egyptians began to pursue them. Harold's heart had flipped. He's like, why did I let those people go? And, and the Egyptians began to pursue him. Now, I want you to get a picture of this. I wish I had. I'm going to get these two stools. Somebody want to help me really quick? I'll get one. and Somebody else get one? Thank you, Maya. I want you to get a picture, a visual of what's happening to these. And we'll put this one over here, baby. There you go. Thank you, sweetheart. Give it up for this beautiful girl right here. So God takes them from a place of bondage and slavery. They're like, yes, God, thank you. And God gives them his wonders. He takes care of them. He feeds them. He shows his miraculous, and he's leading them to a place called the promise. But what is happening? All of a sudden, Pharaoh, from the place they come from, is pursuing them. And I want you to think about this. A million people don't move fast. That's going to take some time to get a million people away from what's about town. I'd hate to be the one at the end, amen? The praisers, they were at the beginning. That's a better place to be. But what happened? The enemy now is chasing them, the Bible says, with chariots. So if you study the chariots, there was either two or four men, horses led the chariots. And on those chariots were skilled, say skilled, skilled men who knew how to do, um, I think it was arrows, um, bows, javelins, and spears. They were equipped to do what they were, they were doing. And so you see this intimidation coming behind you, right? They're equipped to do what they're called to do. So here they are now. They're trying to follow God the best that they can. They're getting frustrated and tired because they've not reached the place where God said they're supposed to be. And now they find themselves between two places. Has anybody ever been there? I'm not quite where I was. I didn't like it anyway, but it's looking a little bit more comfortable because I'm not quite where I was, but I'm not where God said I need to be. And it's in this in-between where the enemy begins to come in with the trials that you're going through. What do I do in this in-between place? What happens? We get discouraged. We get frustrated. We wonder, where is God? This is where a lot of Christians miss the mark. They don't hang on in the midnight hour. They may give in to what the enemy's doing. Oh, well, I might as well surrender back to defeat. I might as well go back to slavery. At least I knew my meal was at 10 a.m. It may have been a yucky meal, but at least I knew it came at 10 a.m. God doesn't want us to go back to Egypt. Yeah, the enemy, he maybe caught this illusion of coming after you, but you have to see what God sees in this moment. You don't go back and you don't surrender. The only option they had was three options. Surrender. I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to, all this territory I took and I'm going to surrender because I'm a little nervous about this in-between place. It's getting tighter. It's getting clo Enemies getting closer and the Red Sea's right there. I can't cross the Red Sea. There's an obstacle there. What's going to happen? We can surrender to the enemy, which I say no. You can fight the enemy, which, hey, that sounds pretty good. I'll fight the enemy. Or we can wait for the wonder of God. We can wait for God to blow our mind. We can wait by faith to see what God's going to do with that Red Sea. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to be elevated and transported across. I don't know what God's going to do, but I'm going to trust God. So I'm either going to surrender, fight, or I'm going to trust God. Guess what I choose to do in, in this squeeze? I'm going to trust God. 
I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to stand and see my Redeemer show up in my life. Because he says, I don't have my descendants begging for bread. God has a miracle for you. Don't give up in the squeeze. Because the squeeze is just showing you what's inside of you. I'm a little fearful, God. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know this season what it looks like. What if it fails? All these things begin to go through our head. God's like, if you'll trust me, I'll show you my wonder. I'll get you to a place not many people get to because they'll give up in the in-between. I will show you the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I will show you blessings and favor and your children's children serving God. I will give you all the desires of your heart and more, but you have to trust me. Even though the intimidating enemies coming against you, what am I going to do? I'm going to trust God. Amen? What happens? We get in that challenge of the one season to the next season. And they begin, we don't have time to read that part of scripture, but they begin to point blame. It's your fault I'm in this season. If you wouldn't have brought me here, if you, and we look for every, all of a sudden, strife and division hits our life. All of a sudden, we start fighting, and we start being frustrated, and we start getting disappointed, amen, because they saw the intimidation of the enemy. How many want to know what to do in the squeeze? Okay, let's go through it really quick. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. That's the promise of God. But what did he say to do? Number one, fear not and stand still. That enemy that's always on your tail, that enemy that keeps you walking around that merry-go-round, that place of defeat that the enemy knows exactly what spear to use against your heart, he's going to be no more. But you have to stand still. What? My enemy is coming after me. Don't fear and stand still. Don't be moved to what God said to your life. Don't be moved by your circumstances. Don't look back even at the enemy. We know in scripture it says constantly, don't look back. The enemy's going to be defeated. God's going to swipe out your enemy. All we are called to do in the New Testament is look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm going to have those things on they put on horses. What do they call them? Blinders. It was so easy. I'm nervous of horses. Blinders, put them on. Say, I'm not going to look. The devil has rattling sabers. He makes it noisy over here. What's going on over here? He makes a disappointment over here, a financial crisis over here. And we're looking and looking. And God's saying, quit, stand still. Don't fear this moment. Trust me. I have miracle working power. I'm about to split the Red Sea open, and you're going to walk through on dry ground. You don't know that yet, but I'm about to do it for you if you don't run to the hills. And if you don't retreat back to the enemy of comfort zone. Because even though it's, it's, it's slavery, it's comfortable. That's why we're drawn back there all the time. And many said, stand still. That means I'm not going to be moved by what I see or I'm experiencing. Since 2020 in this church, I promise you I have had blinders on. I'm not going to look at what I see. 
I'm not going to look at circumstances. I'm not going to look at, at the church overall, the church world. No, I'm standing and seeing revival. I'm seeing awaking to the church of Jesus Christ. I see the greatest move the church has ever seen before because I'm not looking back at what it used to be. I'm looking unto Jesus. The enemy wants to take you out of the next season. And what is that? Your promises. He wants to take you out. And this is the time where you stand still and don't be afraid. It doesn't mean just not move. It means don't be moved by what you see. Because he's going to give you another directive that seems the opposite of what he meant. He meant don't make rash decisions. Don't get emotional in this season. See the redeeming power of God. Amen. Let's look at verse 14. What happens next? There's the promise the enemy's going to go away forevermore. The Lord will fight for you. Just hold your peace. So God's about to do something for you. So my point, too, is this. God will fight for you. Hold your peace. Now, I want it to be nice on the screen. But what hold your peace means is be quiet. It means shut your mouth. See why I didn't want to put that on the screen? It's not nice to say shut up. But he's saying in this hour, the easiest thing they're going to do is all the negativity is going to come out of your mouth. All the complaining is going to begin to happen. You will derail the will of God when you begin to speak negative things over your life. You will curse the very place God is trying to bless you in. So he said, I'm going to fight for you. Quit being a baby. I'm going to fight for you. You can't move the Red Sea. I know that. I'm the wonder. I'm the wonder God. My name is Wonderful. I'm wonderful. I made you. I know your weaknesses, but I'm wonderful in you. Let me show you my awe. He already knew the end of the story, so we have to stop. We have to hold our peace. My grandma used to always say to me, this may shock you, but I was quite the talker when I was little. I know. It's mind-blowing. And my grandma, I'd stay with her for the weekend, and she just wanted to take a nap, you know, and she'd lay on the couch, and I'd go right up to her face, and I'd be like, da-da-da-da-da. I just talked to her while she was trying to sleep, and she'd say, Barbie, we need to give our tongue a nap. I'm going to say that to you all. You need to give your tongue a nap. Stop the negative talk. With the same vessel you're speaking negative, speak the word of God. Speak the promise. Speak what God said. Speak the future. Let those words be seeds of hope into your destiny instead of destroying the beautiful ground God is doing in this moment of your life. He said, be quiet, silent, hold your tongue. It also means deaf. Sometimes you just have to tune out the voice of the enemy. Amen? Listen to God. Let's look at James 3, one verse. Now, this whole chapter will spank you. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. But if you have a tongue issue, go read chapter 3. This one verse, though, we know it says a little tongue does so much damage. You put a, a bit in a horse's mouth, that little thing can tell the horse what to do, right? There's a very small rudder on a ship. One little turn. You know, one turn, and, and you, you were on a ship, you know, one little off course, you think, well, that's no big deal. But that one off course will end you up way over here. One, uh, what's the degree? I don't even know, but it's just so small. You don't have to get off course by very much to end up in a completely different place. You didn't want to be at. Well, how did that happen? The small rudder. Let's look at what James says. I didn't say it. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. See the damage of the negativity that comes out of our mouth. Amen. 
We've got to be willing to change those things. All right, let's keep going. And then look at this. He's telling them, hold your peace, stand still, verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, something happened between verse 14 and verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. See, something between 14 and 15, even Moses at some point obviously went out to God and began to talk to God, whether it was just talking to God, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? How are you going to do it, God? Has anybody ever prayed like that before? What's going on in this season? Lord, I need the answer. Lord, are you going to open the door? And we're talking all the time. And God told Moses, stop talking. Stop crying. Number four is this. Three, stop crying and go forward. Let's stop talking about what you want in your life. Let's quit crying about spilt milk. You can't go to the past and change anything. It's done. It's over with. You have to, the Bible said, dust the, uh, shake the dust off your feet. Amen. Some of you need to let the past go. It doesn't matter what is in Egypt. Let it go. Stop crying about it. It's time to put it behind us and go forward. Oh, wait, you told me to hold and go. No, he's saying, hold what I've told you and go in faith. It's time to go, amen? Some of us need to stop talking to God about things and start doing what he's already told us to do. Amen? Or go in faith. Sometimes it's like that, that, that hallway's dark, isn't it? You're like, oh, my gosh. You ever seen that show where they eat food in the dark? Never? Have you heard of it? You guys are, like, secluded. Now, these these restaurants. It's pitch black, and they serve you food, and you don't know what it is. You have to eat this meal. Have you heard of it? So, okay. Anyway, I could never do that. What? Stop. That means, that word go forward means it's time to set yourself apart. It's time to march. It's time to spring up. Amen? That means it's time to get out of the comfort zone. It's time to walk and pray. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Get up every day and say, I'm going to take my day. I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stir up my faith. I'm going to stir up the word of God because I am moving from where I'm at, and I'm going to pursue what God has to see his wonder right in front of me. How many are ready for some wonders? Amen. It's time to stop crying about it, and it's time to go forward. Do what God told you to do from the very beginning. Amen. Do that God has not forgotten you. He has not let your promises be on the back burner. They are yes and they are amen. It's just a season of transition, amen? So the enemy kept pursuing them. He may, maybe he keeps coming after you in this hour. There may be some things that he's discourage, discouraging you with, but God is saying, I have a wonder for you. It's just ahead of you. Hang on. I have something that's going to blow your mind. So let's see what happened. Where are we at? Verse 6, but lift up your rod, he told Moses, stretch out your hand over to the sea and to divide it. So he was giving him, this is what you're going to do. Here's the instruction of the miracle. Now look at this, verse 19. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel, remember, we learned about that. The angel of God went before the camp of Israel. So they're used to looking at God. They know right where God is. God's right there. There are seasons in our life, you know God's right there, isn't he? You know exactly where God is. In this story, they knew exactly where God, he was the fire by night and the cloud by day. But something changed, and the angel of God who went before the camp moved. Have you ever had God move on you? Where'd you go, God? Am I the only one? I can't hear you right now. I, I don't know what, what are you saying, God? I don't know what this season looks like. Sometimes God moves on us. And we don't know where it's at. he's at, and that's when we get nervous. Well, did God leave me? 
Is God not on my side? Did favor come out of my life? No, he moved to perform a wonder. So what happened? He moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went before them and stood behind them. So look at this miracle. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus, it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. So God moved, and you're like, that's a bad thing. Where's God? I can't hear him. The Spirit of God moved between you and the old place and the enemy. He didn't move away from you. He moved to fight for you. He moved to perform a wonder, and we get nervous because I can't really hear him. And that wonder was he clouded the enemy. They were not able to see the children of Israel. It was dark on that side, but it was light to the children of Israel. That's a wonder of God. God can block the enemy when you do these things. Stay faithful. Don't give up. Do what God's called you to do, and God will get in the right position to take care of your enemy. You don't even have to fight him. God will blind the enemy. God will destroy the enemy in your life. Amen? Number four is this. When God seems absent, wonders of God happen. When he feels absent in your life, you get excited. Bible says count it all joy. Why? Because there's a miraculous thing God is about to do. I need this moved. I need a miracle. And when God's quiet, he's performing the miracle. And all night long, when God was blinding the enemy, they couldn't see. Moses went out to the Red Sea, and he did what God called him to do. And all night long, water began to move. All night long. And the Israelites could see the wonder of God. The enemy couldn't see what God was doing, but the Israelites could. And all night long, that water was pushed away. They began to see the miraculous power of God. So what happened in uh, verse um, 24? It says this, Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. Not only did he blind them, now he troubled them. What did he do? He confused the enemy. He confused the enemy. The enemy can't touch you when you are standing in the place God has called you to be. When you're standing in faith, yes, he's bullying, but he cannot touch you when you put your faith out there. So he confused. Number five is this. God will confuse and destroy your enemy while the whole time he's working a miracle. He's taking care of the enemy. That's a good place for the enemy to be, amen? The same chariots that were defeating them, that same heaviness, those chariots were heavy and they were weighted down by men and armor. It was the same chariots that tried to cross the Red Sea to pursue the Israelites. And what happened? That weapon of the enemy got sunk and buried into the ground. And they couldn't touch the Israelites if they tried because God was on their side, amen? Verse 25, and he took off their chariot wheels, so they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them and against the Egyptians. See how that wonder of God spoke the power of God to the enemy. Now let's go all the way down to the last verse 31 as I wrap it up this morning. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt, so the people feared the Lord. 
and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. See, when God does a wonder in your life, it'll cause faith to arise in you, and it'll be a wonder to all those around you. Amen. I know faith builders will be a wonder in North Phoenix, Arizona. There's no doubt in my heart. This church is going to explode with the supernatural power of God. And people will wonder, where did they come from? What's going on over there? Because we're believing for the wonders of God. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. Lives changed. People healed. People delivered. Marriages restored. All those things, those thousands to light, we are doing because we are standing in the wonders of God. Somebody say amen. All right. Right on time. Hallelujah. We can get our team up here, please. I'm going to pray over you this morning, and I want to give you a little instruction for our next part of our service, which is not normal. We're going to close a little differently today, but I want to pray over you, and I want to pray off that discouragement, and I want to pray off the areas of defeat, amen? We just need to see those things go. Take this message, listen to it again, get it in your spirit, because I'm telling you, God has great things for you, amen? So let's just pray over that. Father, we thank you this morning for this word that we want your wonders, God. We want our minds blown. We want to look and look and say only God could have done what he's about to do in our lives, Father God. And I thank you that everyone is going to walk in that blessings and favor. The moment they walk out of this church, God, they're going to walk in that revelation that you have great things ahead of them for their life, Father God. And we say thank you in advance, and we say yes and amen to this word. We come into agreement with the word that you've spoken over our lives. And I want us just to confess this together this morning. I'll loud all of us say Jesus I connect my faith for you to show yourself your mighty wonders I expect blessings favor promotion increase witty inventions everything you have for me is coming to my life now in the name of Jesus we pray amen and amen all right, what we're going to do in the next portion of our service, the team's going to worship, and we have our cards for those of you who have prayed about it, and you have them written out. And if you haven't received a card, there's a, a card in the chair in front of you. You can even do that now. And this is raising money to raise, to have 1,000 people come to Jesus. And I shared my vision a couple weeks ago, oh, weeks, weeks ago, or last week, I'm sorry. Was it last week? Last week. And what I want you to do is we're going to take a few minutes right where you're at, and I just want you to... Worship God at your seat. I don't want you to be in a hurry. Also, no pressure. This is not like we're looking. This is just a moment that you have with God, amen. And, and maybe your greatest gift that you can give today is I have a bulb and I'm going to believe God that someone in my life is going to be saved or healed, amen. That's a great gift too. So it's not just about this. We have this moment to give to God. And, and also this will be a part of our regular tithes and offerings, so that can go in the buckets also. So what I'm going to ask you to do is when we begin to worship is just take time and, and pray together, husbands and wife or individuals, and pray over what you're giving today or pray over the name you're going to write on the bulb. Just take a moment. And then when you start feeling ready, I'll lead. I'm going to give my seed today, planted in the ground. I've actually already given it, but I'm putting my card in the ground. And I'm going to lead. Pastors and elders are going to lead with this. And then as you feel led, come. Take time at the altar. Um, put it in the bucket. Pray. Um, you can linger here if you want. You can write a name on a bulb. We're going to do that exchange this morning. 
And you can just go back and sit at your seat if you'd like and just enjoy this moment of worship together, amen. If you have to leave for any reason, you're welcome to leave also, so no pressure. So we're just going to let this moment be what it is, and then I'll let you guys just worship the Lord, and as you're ready, we'll participate in this, amen. And whatever we have, we're just going to use it with honor and integrity to reach people for Jesus Christ, amen. There's no pressure in this moment. This is all about what God wants. And I'm just excited that our church is participating. We've never done anything like a legacy offering. And next year, we're going to come to you and we'll say, with that offering, this is what we did. And we're going to do that. This is going to be a legacy church. It'll be something we'll always get to do because of this moment. Amen. And I've been listening to some of my pastor friends. There's many, many churches doing this this weekend. I didn't know that when we planned it. And I was listening to one of my pastor's friends, and he was just sharing about what they did, what last year did. And they got to... Um, build the children's ministry, and they, they built a mental health clinic for, um, for people who are, for Christian mental health clinic, and I was just so overjoyed because I thought, I can't wait till we can do that, amen? This is not about filling our reservoirs full. It's about doing something for God. Whatever he calls us to do, we can do it because of a generous church that says we're going to be a part of that, amen? So I'm excited to see what God will do, amen? So Father, we thank you for this moment. We we dedicate it to you, Father God, that, Lord, whatever it is, a bulb or a gift, whatever it is today, it's, it's all for you, God, for your kingdom and for your spirit, Father God, and pushing your spirit forward in this church, forward, winning people to Jesus Christ. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for this moment, and we worship you and love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Team, you can come forward. And